Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. Little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. We need your support. The Tortoise Shack relies entirely on you to keep the show on the road. Mics on, lights on and conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. The simplest way to do that is to click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. It is at the top of the pod right now. So while you're listening, give us the 90 seconds it'll take you to click in, find the level that suits your budget and help keep this show on the road. It is the easiest bit of activism you can do and you'll get a ton of additional content including lots of exclusives, all of our podcasts in one consolidated feed and they're entirely plea free. So not only will you be helping keeping these microphones on, you'll be giving yourself the gift of not having to listen to me beg, but beg I must. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and we are welcoming back an old friend. Uh, before we do that, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who came out for the podcast for Palestine uh, in the Sugar Club on the Sunday evening. It was absolutely electric in the room, particularly uh, the artists who all gave of their time, sang, spoken word, performed. It was just, it was brilliant to see. Uh, and everybody left with a big smile on their faces and their hearts a bit fuller considering how... how um, how traumatic some of the conversations were, you know, some of the topics discussed are not, it's not nice when you're talking about genocide, but yet we managed to leave feeling fully revived and ready to keep up the fight for uh, a ceasefire in Gaza, peace for Palestine. And um, speaking of uh, breaking the peace, Martin, you're in Sligo uh, to break the peace, I believe. You're there to cause trouble. I've, 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 I've told, yeah, I, I've told yeah. everybody I know in Sligo, lock up your comp plan, he is coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm up here to to be in the WRC, so fighting for one of my people. And you know what I'm like? I'm vicious. For my <laughs> uh, well, best look, and we will we'll get a report on that as as the as the week progresses. I'm sure. Uh, as I said, we're welcoming back an old friend, and the, one of the reasons we do this podcast now almost religiously every year is because when we do, it always gets a fantastic reaction. Yet again, on the fifth. Yeah, yeah. on the 5th of February, it is Tinnitus Week, National Tinnitus Awareness Week. And our audiologist and friend, Frank McGrath, rejoins us because we're going to have that chat again, Frank, because every time we do it, someone says, oh, I know someone. Oh, I have someone. I know someone. So great to see you again, Frank. And how are you keeping? Keeping great. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you're very good to have me on. <clears throat> you're doing very important stuff. So just giving a bit of time to, to me and to, to this particular subject, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm delighted. Thanks very much to, to uh, you. Appreciate very much. Not at all. Honestly, because it's so well received and because so many people turn around and say that they find something. So first of all, let's go back. Let's rewind the tape back. Tell, just in case people weren't with us last year or the year before, tinnitus, who, how many people does it affect and what is it, it, it essentially, Frank? Give us the old helicopter view. Helicopter view. In Ireland, it's estimated that 430,000 people in the country have tinnitus. And that's a lot less than what's estimated for uh, as the European average. That number is from uh, a European-wide research that was published in 2021. And uh, it's peer-reviewed, published in the, the, the Lancet 2021. And I have absolutely no doubts that the number has gone up since COVID, and that doesn't really include COVID numbers. The number of people who suffer severely with tinnitus is estimated as 0.6% of the population. That's still 30,000 people. 
And again, the European average has actually doubled that. So it could be as many as 60,000 people in the country that are suffering badly on a daily basis and uh, are suffering a life uh, debilitating uh, illness and they don't need to for for the most part. And Frank, tell us exactly what. I was just, yeah. Tinnitus doesn't need to be diagnosed <clears throat> other than very, very simply. If you have noise in your head that isn't from the outside world, that's tinnitus. If you have noise in your ears or anywhere in your head that you experience that doesn't come from the outside world, that is tinnitus. Does Tony count? I was, I, I, I was, I was going to say not the, not the voices, Martin. Not the voices. The actual, actual. Although, <laughs> t- although see, see, Tony isn't uh, of of uh, the outside world. He's from another world. Uh, I suppose, yes, yeah. Sorry, Frank, uh, uh, my my mistake. My from mistake. that point of view, he wouldn't be tinnitus. Doesn't mean he's not very annoying. But, uh, no, he wouldn't be a tinnitus-like sound. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, anybody who's watching on screen, who's watching on the radio, didn't see what Tony just did, and you're as well off. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite rude. So that's what tinnitus is. So you don't need to go to uh, anybody to be diagnosed with tinnitus. You can self-diagnose the very same way as if you have a pain in your toe. You don't need to have that diagnosed you have a pain in your toe. What you want to find out is why do you have a pain in your toe? So what you need to do is find out why you have tinnitus. And for 90% of people out there, uh, the reason is related to your hearing. There's some damage or there's something interfering with your hearing that's causing the tinnitus. So you're going to say something. No one's going to say the good news is that if, that in the overwhelming number of cases, it's treatable. Absolutely. So <clears throat> this thing that's regularly said, there's no cure for tinnitus. If somebody says that to you, just stop them straight away because there is a cure for some forms of tinnitus. Tinnitus that is due to uh, blockage in the ear, such as earwax. Tinnitus that's due to a buildup of fluid in the middle ear uh, as a result of, uh, say, an infection or uh, if you have sinus issues. Uh, Tinnitus that's there as as a result of um, buildup of calcification in the ear. Uh, That can be remedied with uh, um, surgery. All those types of tinnitus as a result of that type of hearing loss there is a cure for it. Simple as that. Now, that would not be in the majority. However, the majority of tinnitus, out of 10 people who come through my door with tinnitus, eight of them, I can switch off their tinnitus or reduce it significantly while they're in the clinic. And it's because 90% or more of tinnitus cases is as a result of some form of hearing loss. The clinical term is a peripheral lesion of hearing making it simple, there's a, a bit of damage to your hearing and it's either temporary or it's uh, permanent. But once that damage is overcome or compensated for, lo and behold, you feel that your tinnitus is either switched off or reduced. So that's the first important message to get out there. If you have tinnitus, there is a solution. Just on the, you said, you know, there it could be temporary or it could be permanent. Um, some of the work that, that, that the advancements in, in treatments, um, in terms of, you know, it's, it's not a matter of some, okay, it might just be a matter of actually washing the ear, whichever way you're going to do it, Frank, but, it, but it may require something more sophisticated. And the technology is, is better than it was than when, even when we started having these conversations with you a few years ago. 
Yeah, uh, all of the, uh, the 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 ridiculous thing is that all the science and all the, the medicine, um, all the research has been there, but it's all disparate. It's all spread all over the place. And one of the difficulties with sensory uh, issues is that you're dr- dealing with uh, uh, um, de- lines of demarcation. So uh, if there's a blockage there in the outer part of the ear uh, that falls into the category of uh, maybe uh, primary care, if there's something going on in the middle ear, you might have to go to uh, an ear, nose and throat specialist. If it's, if it's a sensory thing, the ear, nose and throat specialist mightn't be able to do anything with that at all. And then when it comes to tinnitus itself, it's a, a neurological thing. So uh, the um, medical profession have gotten themselves into knots over the years. So it's it can't be down to any one. You need to bring the whole lot together. And the people who bring all of that together are audiologists. So if you have tinnitus, first thing to know is that it's unlikely that it's going to kill you. There's no underlying issue that's going to kill you. That doesn't mean you should ignore it. You should go to your GP but you also should book in with an audiologist and uh, get tested. And uh, for the most part, most people, that's as much as they need to do. And you'll find out what... Frank, is, yeah. is there a, an, a, an age bias in this? Does tinnitus increase as you get yeah. older? Because, you know, we all lose ranges of hearing as we all, we get older. Yeah, you're, you're dead right. The, the, the research shows that... Uh, over 55 and onwards, uh, the instance of tinnitus increases. And it's, that's not a coincidence as well, because over 55 and upwards, uh, the instance of hearing loss increases. And uh, tying those two together, hearing loss and uh, tinnitus, it's uh, uh, um, uh, a marriage, unfortunately, uh, that is perfect. You know, the, the, the two of them just go together. You can't separate them. Uh, 99 times out of 100. And if you have a hearing loss, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have tinnitus. But if you have tinnitus, almost 99 times out of 100, the underlying cause is a hearing loss. And logically, if you take the approach of looking after the hearing loss, miraculously, most often, you'll find that you're addressing the tinnitus as well. Because what tinnitus is, is your neurology, your brain saying that, oh, Jesus, a little gap here. It might be just in a range of frequencies. So your your brain is going, I can hear that, I can hear that, I can hear that. And I can, oh, jeepers, there's something missing there. It sees that gap and nature abhors a vacuum. And in the absence of a signal, strong enough signal from the ears, your brain finds whatever signal is available. In other words, electrical noise that's in the brain and just plugs it in there and decodes it as a sound, but it isn't. It's just this strange sensation. Frank, I want to come in on that because I people always get like, oh, that sounds like hokum, but it's not hokum. This is the this is like um I suppose I know people who suffer with chronic pain, for example. Where the where the body um the body will you know trigger pain um responses within their own body because of some because the way the brain rewired itself after a trauma or the brain rewired itself after an illness and this is a similar situation here and it's just you know because it because the other issue then is like as as a as someone who has cares for someone who has a, a condition that you know you don't you don't see um you know you walk around there's nothing ro- nothing wrong with them so someone with tinnitus might be might be suffering from the also the double um double edged sword of people saying ah oh, shut up there's nothing wrong with you yeah 
can't be seen, like hearing loss, can't be seen. So somebody with a broken arm gets sympathy. Uh, somebody with tinnitus and hearing loss just, you know, you're fine, obviously, uh, and you get no sympathy or understanding whatsoever. But that person might find it difficult to concentrate. They might be uh, losing sleep. Uh, they might be anxious uh, about their tinnitus. And none of that needs to, to happen. Uh, information and reassurance is the first thing. I have people come in to me who've had tinnitus for years and you sit them down and explain to them what tinnitus is, why they have it, and then uh, you, you switch it off for them or, or lower it for them, proving that what you've told them is correct. And, they, and, and that straight away lifts a huge weight. And you'll inform them that, look, at this is not going to kill you. It's a nuisance. But you can see there, we can press a button and you can lower it. And there's other things that you can do to long-term mitigate any residual uh, uh, effect that's, that's there. That, that, that's what I was going to ask you, Frank. Is there, a, you know, is there an early point where you're best catching this? Uh, there, there is. Uh, as soon as it happens, don't faff about, just get checked out. And um, like I said, it's unlikely that it's going to be a serious problem. But I'm, uh, shall we say, um, maybe using the wrong phraseology there. Hearing loss is a serious problem. So if you have tinnitus, chances are that you have, uh, there's a very good chance that you have some degree of hearing loss. And that is a big problem, uh, which will sort of diverge just for a second. Hearing loss over and above a certain uh, degree over a long period of time uh, is a serious problem because even a mild hearing loss, if it's neglected over a long period of time, it will triple a person's risk of um, dementia. It will triple a person's risk of uh, short-term memory loss. It doubles a person's risk of accident and ending up in uh, accident emergency with a broken bone. It enormously increases a, a person's risk of social isolation and um, depression. So hearing loss is not something to be poo-pooed, Asher, it's grand, I'll turn up the television a wee bit. It has serious uh, consequences in its own right. So if you have tinnitus and you're getting on with this, it's okay, I'll put up with it. That's fair enough, but you still need to go get checked because there's a good chance that you have a hearing loss. And even if it is only mild or uh, minimal, measure it. Get a, uh, if you like, put a pin in it, uh, see where it is now, and be able to come back every few years and get it rechecked and rechecked. But it's, it's not something that should be ignored. And as you said earlier on, uh, Tony, the, the technology and the understanding of what's uh, going on has progressed very, very rapidly. And many portions of the uh, medical prof profession are, are very, very busy. It's impossible for them to keep up. So uh, the message to them is that, look, us, refer people to your audiologist. Uh, even the ones who don't specialise in tinnitus will still be able to do a huge amount. And you'll be, um, you know, look at 430,000 people in the country. That's, well, Jesus, that's well, even even putting that aside, and I know this is, a, again, as Martin, you know, has someone who has watched because you, you know, um, you, 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 when COVID was happening, you knew I, I'm a vulnerable person. I'm not, I'm not hanging around. I want to make sure that, that, that I look after myself. And we've seen yeah. lots of other um, reactions to long COVID, and it is one of them. It, it increased, uh, and this isn't me talking. This is the, the the UK's research that's been done. You know, to, to show that that this is it's 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 been one of the things because, unfortunately, 
Um, and I don't want to scare people, but people with long COVID, there has been changes to brain chemistry in, in some ways. And, and that is, as Frank said, can create an issue where you're hearing a sound that doesn't exist. So, so people are walking around undiagnosed. And again, this is one of the reasons why um, we, when we did it last year, other people woke up to it because they went, actually, I only got it after, you know, months after I'd, um, I, I, I couldn't get my energy back after COVID. This kind of stuff. I'm I'm not here to scare the shit out of people, but <clears throat> uh, in fact, it's the opposite. The, the, there's, oh, it's good uh, news w- message. We can treat it. Yeah, uh, it, it, there's something could be done about it. But, you know, the, the worst thing to do is just ignore it and say, oh, there's nothing we can do about that. That's wrong. Uh, and COVID is interesting. Uh, the research has been done, and well, it's been done at least in the UK. And uh, one out of 12, another about you know, oh, sorry, 12%, in other words, one out of eight people or thereabouts who got COVID, even if they had no symptoms, uh, suffered some type of auditory um, damage. I, I had it myself, a uh, patient of mine, she's a nurse in a, a hospital nearby. Um, she, in the early days of COVID, uh, she tested positive because she was in close contact. She had no symptoms. She'd go away, stay isolated for 10 days or whatever. But she felt that something happened with her nose and her ears and stuff like that. Uh, six months later, she was in with me and she went, a young woman in her 40s, she went from excellent hearing. Her hearing was so badly damaged that six months later, I had to fit her with hearing aids. And she's getting on fine with the hearing aids. But that's, there was no other cause other than COVID. And uh, that was the early days of COVID. Since then, I, I, I could hear uh, the results uh, on a daily basis. There's X thousand people uh, and people were going, ah, yeah, but there's X thousand people who, who tested positive, but, you know, it'll be fine. The, the, the death rate is, is low. But I knew that out of that X thousand people, one in eight of those has had damage to their hearing to some degree. And at some stage, they're going to be coming into me. Uh, and people with long covid uh, people with long COVID, people with diabetes, uh, people with uh, uh, blood pressure problems, uh, heart problems, uh, people who've uh, been through chemotherapy. Once you have your headspace together, get your hearing tested. It doesn't cost much, doesn't take very long, and find out what your hearing is. Because, again, going back to what Martin uh, alluded to earlier, you know, when do you act? As soon as you find out, basically, that's the best time to, to uh, step in rather than suffer. Once you find out where you stand uh, and you find out what you can do, uh, information is, is power. And it's very, very important to find out uh, as much detail as you can, as soon as you can. Then you can make decisions. Frank, we've looked at this. Is This is a good news story. If you have tinnitus, you can, it, you can be helped. It's not the end of the world. You can be helped. Make it even more good news. What can people do to prevent hearing loss, to prevent tinnitus in the first place? Uh, stay as healthy as you can. So then, good that's, me and Martin, that's me and Martin Wreck, so. It's way too... If I could get a bus back to that place. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're about 30 years too late, you know. <laughs> Oh, I'm on a wrong trajectory. Oh, look at I've I've Woodstockers and rock and rollers and all the rest coming into me and their hearings in bits and um you can't turn back the the clock, but at the same time, um even if you could 
they'd still go woodstocking and rocking and rolling and uh, sitting on the, the speakers uh, uh, when they're at the concert in Listoon, Varna and all the rest of it. Look at, you know, you enjoy life. Uh, but if you can be, once you reach a particular point, if you could be somewhat mindful of your general health, anything that affects your general health, your 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 hearing nerves are very sensitive. Anything that affects your general health is likely, if the that doesn't affect your health, the medication to fix whatever you have is likely to damage your, your hearing. So there's all these ototoxic drugs. Uh, chemotherapy is, uh, is an obvious one that uh, it damages uh, your hearing. But what is uh, less of, two less obvious ones are one, uh, anesthetics. If you have to go under the knife, the anesthetics will actually damage your hearing. And we can see people who've gone through a series of serious uh, um, um, surgeries. We can see before and after. We can measure the difference and the drop in their hearing. Also, pe- something simple as aspirin. Uh, lots of people are on aspirin or warfarin uh, as a blood thinner to prevent clots. That will have a small effect on your hearing. It, it damages your hearing ever so slightly. But for most people, that's that's what happens is a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of something else. And cumulatively, over the years, it reaches a point whereby, yeah, you, you cross the border and you're, you're in um, danger land. A staggering thing to say. No, hang Thanks. on. I, I want to say that you've mentioned chemo, anesthetic and warfarin. So it's not that Martin doesn't listen to me all the time it's just that he's actually <laughs> yeah i was i was i was gonna say this i can play the yeah, yeah. tony it's oh, not that i'm not hey listening honey to you, buddy. Hey, chemo you, you, know? you never listen he never listens to me anymore frank i had chemo tony <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah tony it's not that i'm like <laughs> yeah. chemo uh, uh, what, uh, what about all the years right. of djing as well yeah i know <laughs> yeah, yeah. on top oh, of that I know. M- the music motorbikes everything I, sure I'll, all he wants is a big motorbike under him, Frank, and he still can't even sit on anything anymore. You know, it's like he can't he can't even sit in the chair and he thinks he's gonna drive a motorbike now. Um I am I'd say, I I just look at it like a wheelchair with wheels, Tony. That's Frank, not. Frank, can I give you two little things that I'd like you to, to deal with before? First of all, people are listening to this. Um maybe ask answer these in, in in reverse order. Where will they get help? And then the second thing is are audiologists still, and this is my observation, not treated um, as a as a resource enough by some parts of the of the medical profession? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, audiology has a bad name from days of yore. It was always almost looked like um, uh, you know the, the, those snake oil uh, purveyors, uh, but <clears throat> in the last twenty years or so, it's come on in leaps and bounds. And uh, the professionalism, the training, and uh, the technology is there, whereby what we could do these days is almost seen as miraculous. It's amazing. So um, always and ever, you go to your GP first. But regardless of what's said in relation to tinnitus, oh, there's no cure for tinnitus, go to an audiologist. You'll find them all over. In fact, ishaa.ie, the Irish Society of hearing aid audiologists, I-S-H-A-A dot I-E. Look it up. They have a full list. You go into your region or your county or your town, whatever, they have a full list of all the qualified um, uh, independent uh, uh, audiologists in the country. And you'll find you'll find somebody there who's able to uh, help you. And um, 
it's it's not going to cost very much. A, a small, quick hearing health check, you might be charged 30 euros for it. You might be charged for it at all. If that gives you the thumbs up and all clear, um, yeah, if you feel you need to go to a specialist, you can find specialist audiologists who will uh, con- who will do specialist consultations for tinnitus. Uh, and I have to admit, many audiologists are a little bit, I wouldn't say afraid, but a little bit reticent because it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of effort. Uh, and uh, the hands-on side of it is is significant. Uh, and uh, they might be under time pressure. If you find that there's somebody under a bit of time pressure, have a look for the specialists who are able to uh, give you that extra bit of time. And But for the most part, I'd say 50, 60% of people with tinnitus go to an audiologist and you'll find you know, you, you, you're, you're, you found a friend, somebody who understands what's wrong and how to help you. Frank, thanks for no, coming don't, on. No, don't go away for anywhere one second. I'm sorry about this. But again, going go back ahead, to Frank, what, what uh, just one little thing Martin said. Uh, no, no, Tony, the other fella, <laughs> said earlier on about pain. Yeah. Long-term treatment of chronic tinnitus is um, miraculously uh, successful utilizing brain plasticity. And you... Simple way of describing that is you can retrain your brain. There's a very, very simple exercise that we use that is based on Widex technology. Widex is a, a Danish firm, and there's this uh, um, thing they developed about 15 years ago. A really simple exercise. We get people to do it 10 minutes every day, and it allows a person to re program their brain, reprioritize sounds. So if there's a sound there that's bugging you, that's annoying you, you can actually relegate it to a very, very low priority. So while we might not be able to switch it off completely, uh, we can relegate it so that it disappears completely into the background. You're unaware of it most of the time, except somebody, it's like with traffic in the distance. Somebody says, can you hear that traffic in the distance? You stop for a second and say, Oh, yeah. But prior to that, you weren't aware of it. And we can do the same with tinnitus uh, 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 as a very simple exercise. It's very, very effective. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's that's great to hear, Frank. And it is. And it, again, this, we want to be positive about this. If you have tinnitus, there is help. You don't have to suffer in not silence. Exactly. Shall we say, Frank, you don't have to. And you've been even just talking to you has put me more at ease that there's nothing wrong with my hearing. (laughs) You know, and I. (laughs) So, Frank, thank you. And thank you for doing this every year with us. It is important. And, you know, we me and Tony in particular rely on our hearing a lot. And I can't imagine what it would like be like to to not be able to do this. So. You know, I I think it's brilliant that you come on every year and talk with Can us. Can I just say, and, and before Frank mentions, Frank is so passionate, not just about the audiology, but about sound. So that's what, remember the first conversation we ever had, and he talked about the nature of sound, how it, what it, what how we we evolved to hear it, how it, how it worked. So, so that's why one of the reasons I look forward to this conversation, and also when it goes out, inevitably someone says, that they either suffer with it or they have a loved one who does and now there's, now there's a, a thing so thank you again I really appreciate it um, and, and, and don't and, and don't go there with the whole you know um, we're giving you the time we're not we, we genuinely believe that it's great that we do this every year just, just as, a, as, a, as a way of making sure that we keep a focus on other things as well Frank because it's not all just about Martin um, going on and giving it loads in, in Sligo tomorrow you know thanks so much for this we really appreciate it 
Great privilege. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and I, I'm so delighted you had me on. Thank you. Listen, folks, we will be back. Um, I have a I have a conversation coming your way um, with um, uh, another Palestinian who is now, um, I believe, in Zurich. So that that'll be interesting. And we will be bringing you some of the audio from the other evening from the live show. But I just want to explain just before we wrap this, there was one stunning moment. I was sitting chatting with uh, Mazen Hania. Mazen is son of Zach Hania, who is who's stuck in Gaza, who is an Irish citizen and hasn't been allowed to leave via the Rafa crossing. And he asked me, "Would would you have you got time to let my friend speak?" And I I said, "Of course. What, how long does he need?" He said, "Oh, I don't know." And um, so I was talking to his friend, and he explained sort of in vague terms what he wanted to talk about his own experience and he said I said well how will I introduce you? he said just someone who has um just recently left Gaza uh and uh my god I, I introduced him on I introduced his name was Barra and I introduced him on that basis and it was the most undersold story I've ever done but before I'm going to tell you something now listeners because you'll hear it then he begins by telling us how he did what they called the swim of death he swam from a part of Turkey to a part of sort of Greece, Cyprus, Greece to get to get to Europe, and that is probably the most easiest part of his story. So when this comes out, I want you all to listen and share and understand the trauma uh, of of Palestinians doesn't end if they leave Gaza. It doesn't end if they're away from the bombs. Um, listen, on that on that happy note, thanks to Frank, no thanks to Martin, and we will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Recognise the struggle cause we've seen it before Curse of Cromwell, bloody Sunday and the burning of Cork Balfour left his mark on the Emerald Isle Then he went and lit a spark under the Zionist coin The black and tans were ousted finally from these shores Churchill went and sent him to the Palestine police force Anybody born in the shadow of their main oppressor Diamonds formed from years under the greatest pressure Occupation over several centuries Sadly scares remain deep within collective memory Connected through history We can hear your people's call Up and down this island your flag flies over City Hall Deep down we recognise under the rubble are our brothers and our sisters from a similar struggle Oich Ella Oich Ella Oich Ella Lanami the Roigny Nyerke Kurlekela Gazans penned in Trapped by the wall Israelis daily violating international law if Military aid The Lihilon neglected as exceptions are made Gaza, they literally have their backs to the wall. Israelis daily violating international law. F-16s, Apaches, US military aid. The legal law neglected as exceptions are made. Collective punishment, the slaughter of civilians. You don't target anyone when you cut water off to millions. Oasis of democracy, far from that. Families forced from the West Bank as land gets grabbed. Like 1984 on a daily basis. NSO, Pegasus, Blue Wolf surveillance. Amazon and Google workers want to watch. They witnessed, feed with them to put an enterprise project Nimbus. Unity. 
Do need 8200 trying to do more spying Need real journalism to review their crimes APAC, hijack, what's truth or lies So you may not read about it in the New York Times Oich, Ella Oich, Ella Oich, Ella Danami de Roig, Nienjeke, Kolekela Resistance from the Raytheon 9 or an Elbit system. Solidarity to people no different to you and I. Ask the UN Betzelem or Rabbis for human rights. Anybody listening who refuses to get it. Criticizing war crimes isn't anti Semitic. We know Jews and Zionists are not one and the same. Love to Jewish voice for peace, screaming not in our name. We coined the term boycott down around Westport. Ironically, might just be our proudest export. Call for BDS and more trade embargoes. For Steve Rose and Ports not to take their cargo. We mourn innocent debts of every persuasion, but know the way to end the violence is to end the occupation. Pray this dark night will end. And we'll see the dawn, Ireland to Palestine, Sir Shah Shia Khan. <laughs>